The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Hallelujah. Uh, you may be seated. Well, I have, uh, I have not had TV in my house for eight years. Eight years? Ten. Ten years. And um, my, uh, my son has had a real desire to uh, learn football and has taken a liking to that. And um, I was raised in a house where every college game, you know, whatever the game was on, it was on, you know, and I, I found myself uh, not liking watching sports because my dad was kind of taken from me by the game. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? I'm, I mean, like he was into the game and, you know, he wasn't mean and angry about it, but I, I would have rather played the game with him than watch the game, you know, and uh, to a certain point. There were other dynamics there that were causing some wounds, but as my sons felt draw to my son felt felt draw to drawn to um, you know learn more about football. We had Thanksgiving coming up, and how many of you know? I don't know, man. Every Thanksgiving in my in my house, you watched a football game. I mean, everybody came over, cousins, everybody all watched a football game, and so. Uh, I wanted to watch the game with my boy, and um, and it was probably just some romantic idea. I also justified in my mind that I wanted to um, be more tuned in with the news. So we broke a ten-year run, and I went ahead and got cable. Debated between the cable and the dish. And I got cable. Now, listen, I'm not getting after you. If you're all into TV, God bless you. But I'm just telling you, I turned that thing on in my house for the first time in 10 years. And I simply cannot believe what's on TV. I, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say. Um, I mean, I was, you know, came back for morning prayer this morning and I turned the TV on. And it, it was up really loud with, you know, surround sound in the house. And, you know, it was up from the night before watching Captain America or something, a section of it. <laughs> and uh, so we put it on Fox News, you know. Well, it just inst- instantaneously blurts out all kinds of sexual stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, what was it? Gingerbread. Yeah, the gingerbread. I don't know if you heard about that. You know, a gingerbread. Now they've got this thing called gen- gingerbread trying to teach kids in California about what gender they would like to be. Okay, this is blasting in my house right after morning prayer. I'm like, oh, God. It freaked me out, you know. I mean, just rattled us. I mean, and I don't know. We got like 15 remotes. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're like, mute, mute, mute. I mean, I just wanted to rip the TV off. Do something. Rip it out the wall. You know, finally we were able to find it. 
I thought, jeez. The news finally came on. I wanted to listen to the news. I wanted to hear what was going on in our nation and what was going on in the nation. That's all I wanted. I didn't want to hear about ER dysfunction. I don't want to hear about all the drug sales. I mean, you could, I'm serious. You listen to the TV and honestly, I think you could get sick an illness. I think you could get actually an illness from all the illness stuff that's spoken through the TV. I, I'm just saying, I'm in shock because I haven't heard it for 10 years, really. And uh, I was overwhelmed by, by that. And we're going to dump it. I just, we got to get rid of it. Praise God. And I... My house is mostly, and I'm not trying to say this to say, well, I'm all, you know, Mr. Super Holy Man. But I, I enjoy living holy. It's not, I don't like getting defiled. I'd much rather have God's presence and power in my home than have any of that mess. And all America is, most of America is enamored by, by Hollywood and the wow factor you know, the entertainment, all the movies coming out, and the tremendous special effects. And I, you know, I, I love the special effects and all that too. I was talking with one of my staff who was, uh, took a trip for a week or so around uh, different places and visited some churches. She said there was so much smoke and lights and it was so dark. You know, I mean, there's like no windows. It was like a nightclub. And, you know, that's new. I mean, we don't, I know, and there's churches in the valley that have smoke and lights and all that. And that's great. I, you know, we just don't have that. I don't, I don't know why. Probably because we're putting our money into missions instead of smoke machines. I'm, it's the truth. <laughs> we're playing, busy planting churches. and But there's just something about, there's something about, the seduction of the world that'll rip you off from what God has. And uh, so just for a few minutes tonight, I, I, had, I have this message I'm working on, you know, the great opening message of the Holy Spirit, the new sermon series. If I preached that, I would flat out be in sin. I'm just not allowed to touch it for this for some reason. You know, isn't that just like the Holy Spirit? It's like you're going to preach on me. Good, then I'm going to mess with you. Then just just to make sure, you know, Jehovah sneaky. You know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I was talking to my mother, and uh, we live this way. I was talking to her about having peace, and and that's how we that's how we live our lives. We live our lives by by keeping our peace and walking with the Lord. It's called abiding talking with him he's talking with us we endeavor to abide now we uh, you know we blow it just like everybody else and get over into the flesh and get irritated and you know but as we increase our prayer time and increase our abiding with him it's less flesh and less you know falling off the boat and falling off the cart or falling off the wagon as it were into the flesh does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and so I was telling my mother about making a decision. I said, I just didn't have peace. I, she said, you need to tell your people that. Now, my mother's very rarely wrong about things like that. So this is for somebody. 
You need to live your life with the peace of God. If you don't understand what that is, then you need to stick around. You, you, we don't make decisions based on our intellect. I mean, we, we try not to. I mean, it's not that you don't use your head. You study to show yourself approved. You use your, you know, think it through, pray it through. But in the end, it can be a great idea in the natural and you can have no peace. Guess what? It's not God. Amen. Yet at the same time, I went, went ahead to make decisions and, and I had no peace, but the peace was my own fear of failure. I had the peace of God, but in my, in, in my soul, I was like, uh, uh, what if I don't make it? <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so you have to discern which is God and which is actually you're stretching your faith. And so as I tried to just put this message together on the first night of Holy Ghost night, I just had no peace about preaching to you. It's a great word. I mean, it really, it's good. I mean, it's, it's deep. It, it, it's got, I mean, it's got some depth in the word. And I'll have no depth in the word tonight. <laughs> yet, yet at the same time, maybe what I'm saying has some depth to it. I mean, I you know, talked about walking in the spirit and what the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the spirit. And we're going to get into all that as God allows us to. But on this first night, it's interesting how, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to worship all that long. You know, I got really touched, man. Let's just look at a little something, something here. I kept hearing this as I was starting to stress out, running late, coming to the church, you know. I kept hearing the intoxication of the world. That's what I kept hearing in the spirit. And I just heard this, and I said it on the way out. I said, the intoxication of the world. I'm like, where is that? Where is that? That's in there. Where is that? I found it. It's, uh, it's Isaiah 28. And so I want you to look at this for a moment. Then we're going to go to John 2. And I'm just going to pray to you for another 10 minutes or so. Unless, of course, we go longer. <laughs> In Isaiah 28. Well. Like I said, I've studied this at other times. But look at verse 7. They have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink or out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They're swallowed up by wine. They're out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all their tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. I want you to go to verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and, quote, This is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Much of the church is intoxicated 
with Hollywood and entertainment. And I have known even in my own home and in times gone by and in uh, the home of relatives, the TV just never goes off. And it doesn't have to be the TV. It can be an attitude of your heart. You see, if you're enamored and intoxicated by the things of the world, you will never press in and experience what John experienced on the day when he saw a window in heaven and heard a voice that said, come up higher. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And many people don't have the prayer of, of David that says, you know, one thing I desire. Because they've been filling themselves and satisfying themselves and intoxicating themselves with lust and greed and all of that other stuff. And I'm not trying to bring a heavy condemning message. I'm just telling you, the word that Pastor Karen brought out of Ezekiel is a prophetic word that God wants to bring us into the deep places of the river of God. But without holiness, no man will see it. And I, for one, I don't want to hear about ER dysfunction. I don't want to, I'm serious. I don't want to hear about that stuff. I just don't. Whatever it is, God can take care of it in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't want to hear about all the diseases and, you know, gosh, you hear the, 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 the list of, <laughs> the list of side effects is like, the list of side effects is like a thousand times worse. You know, you, your head will fall off, you'll, you'll, your potential death, kidney failure. And it says it so fast. You're the side effect, like kidney failure. You're like, well, what do you say? And there's this whole, this whole thrust, this whole push to, to get people intoxicated and leaning on the arm of the flesh and leaning on the intellect and, and intellectual pride and secular humanism and, and sex and on and on and on. This here in Isaiah talks about a refreshing that comes, but they would not have it because they were intoxicated with the world. Now, I want to tell you prophetically that we're about to enter into a mighty, mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. We are headed for something that is bigger than any of us know. But if you're intoxicated with the world, you will not have the real wine. I said the real wine. John 2. Let's, let's go there. It's a season of suddenly and swiftly. And John 2. Let's read the word here. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana, Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And they ran out of wine. Hmm. And the mother of Jesus said they have no wine. Well, let's just take that verse right there for a second. The wedding is a, it's a celebration. They've had the wedding. The vows are done. And it's a, it's a celebration. So at the celebration of the covenant, they have no wine. And from that, we can conclude that they're supposed to have it. And number one, and number two, they ran out. And if that doesn't describe the church 
I, I just don't know anything that does. A bunch of folks that get together, love the Lord. I'm not saying that the body of Christ doesn't love the Lord, but there's a there's celebration, there's celebration of covenant with no wine. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, you could have a celebration of covenant with no wine. I just don't think it's God's intention. What are you talking about? You've lost me, Pastor. Okay, let me break it down. The covenant is that which we make with the Lord when we repent of our sin and believe on him. He died on a cross, rose again from the grave. Amen. We repent. He comes into our life and we're made new. It's the new covenant. We enter into the new covenant. He's fulfilled the law. Amen. And through repentance, do you remember Sunday? Through repentance, we, it was a mechanism by which grace is released. And so grace is released as we repent. The neo-Calvinists and the, the new grace message doesn't ever talk about repentance. This talks maybe, maybe a one-time repentance and then you have it the rest of your life. Repentance is an ongoing thing that you do the rest of your life, all of your life. There is a moment of conversion, but after that, you access his grace through repentance. And this picture here, the very first miracle, it's the first miracle that Jesus does here in the book of John. He invites his disciples. We know from the final verse that they didn't even believe on him. I'm going to get there. So there's this covenant, and there's no wine. In the book of Joel, Peter, quoting on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, said, they are not drunk with wine. He, he says they're not drunk with wine. You know why he says they're not drunk with wine? Because they looked exactly like they were drunk with wine. And we have people freak out when we raise our hands. No, I'm serious. So the, the, the Western church has done lost their mind, have been intoxicated with the perversion that comes over all of Hollywood and media and have been seduced and intoxicated with the world when God wants to fill you with new wine. He, wa he wants to help you. He wants, to, he wants you to celebrate with a refreshing. There's a refreshing that comes in God that does not come through CNN. It doesn't come through Captain America. It doesn't come by watching TV or any kind of a movie. And all of that stuff, listen, you're, you're a, a soul, you have a living soul, and the fesh is the word for that. It also means thirsty. Did you know that you are wired up thirsty? You long to see God. You long to experience his presence. You want to see miracles. You want to see the supernatural. And so many people long for that, but it's been so dry in the body that they re reside to watching Captain America. Or The Incredibles. The Incredibles is a prophetic movie, I believe. I know that's crazy to say. I said it before a number of years ago. Captain America. I mean, uh, what's his name? Incredible. Mr. Incredible. What's his name? I forget his name. And his, and his wife, Stretch. <sighs> Elastigirl. The wife. A whole family of supers. But they've been pressured by the world to go and hide away and don't be super, just be normal. And that is exactly what the world will have you do. Just shut up and just, you know, you can clap your hands a little bit, but for God's sake, don't bust out your super. <laughs> and religion and tradition will try to stuff you in a hole like that. 
And we know what happens to Bob. He gets all fat. Some of you are going to like net, net, Netflix sales for the, for the movie. You're going to go up. You're going to go watch this thing. It's exactly where we are. There's a celebration of covenant. Some good teaching maybe. Covenant, is, it's legitimate without the wine. Is that right? Is, is the marriage legitimate without the wine? Now, when I say wine, going back to Acts 2 and Joel, the wine is a picture of the, of the Holy Spirit. The new wine. The new wine of the Spirit is what he's talking about. So the, the, the covenant relationship with Jesus is legitimate Without the wine, is that true, yes or no? The answer is yes, it is. It is. However, it's not God's intention for you to be in covenant relationship with him and have no wine, have no power, have no party. Can I say it that way? Come on, serving God's a party. If, if you have gotten dry in your walk with God, something's wrong. If it's a burden to pray, you're just like, oh, I got to go to church, praise God. It's going to go to church. Like baptized in lemon juice, man. You need some wine. You, you, you need God to touch you. You need some help. I've seen people, you know, use evangelism, explosion, and all kinds of stuff. And they're as dry as a tinderbox. And they are as unhappy and unfulfilled and religious, I mean, just Pharisee all over again. And when they try to witness to people, well, they have all the right words. Just want to invite you to church. Just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. I mean, people, they might not say this, but they feel it in the spirit. Oh, my God, I don't want that. I got enough problems. Praise God. Why, why would they want come and get depressed? Teach you to live holy, for God's sake. Bunch of sinners need to give your heart to Jesus. <laughs> what kind of good news is that? Is it, is it true? It's true what they're saying. The spirit behind it's all messed up. Well... Jesus, Jesus' mama comes and says, mother of Jesus says they have no wine. And Jesus says, woman, which is really a sign of respect if you understand it in the context. What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Fascinating. So here it's not, it's not his hour to manifest his glory is what Jesus just said. And the mother said to the servants, Whatever he does, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there's verse 6, six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it out. When the master of the feast, verse 9, tasted the water that was made to wine and did not know where it came from, the certain... But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said, Every man at the beginning sets out good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine until now. Look at verse 11. This, 
beginning of the signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Let me just take this apart just a little bit. I believe that when people put, begin to put a demand on the truth of God's word, that he's going to manifest himself. Listen, I've been in situations where the last thing I want to do is step up and do something for God. I want to run. I want to turn heel. I don't feel like I have it. I feel tired, inadequate. I haven't studied. It still happens to me. I mean, like, just before leaving my house, I was like, gosh, I've got nothing to preach. You won't let me preach. What do you want me to do? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Okay, Jesus. You know, we can get all... Tweet. And they said, just do whatever he, do what they said to the service, just do whatever he tells you. And what wasn't his time became his time because they waited on the Lord. And they, I mean, they just stood there. Jesus, praise the Lord. (laughs) Do you want us to do anything? Yeah, as a matter of fact, get out of my face and go get those. Go get those stone. What wasn't his time became his time because people put a demand of waiting on him. I believe that when the church gets away from the intoxication of the world and begins to put a demand on the power of God, the presence of God, begins to put a demand on his word, then he's going to manifest. And when he manifests, there's going to be people that put their faith in him. You can teach somebody to death. Amen. We love teaching the word. I love teaching the word. I love breaking it, breaking into the word, giving it to you line upon line, giving you a message and, and touches. I'm not preach to myself every time I preach. But it is, I will tell you, it is not good teaching that kept me in the church. And it sure wasn't the decor. And it absolutely wasn't a mocha. It wasn't a mocha. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the nice music and all of that. It was the wine. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And we make no apologies for it at all. And I believe, as my wife said, I think we're at ankle deep level. We're at Nazareth level, maybe. Some of you who know the scriptures know what I'm talking about. Nazareth, yeah, a little bit of miracles, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit of offense happening at the same time. Right? Jesus could not do many miracles in his own hometown because they said, isn't this Jesus? Don't we know him? Didn't we change his shorts? <laughs> isn't that his sister? And, his, and they had a mental offense that shut down. They had a mental offense that shut down the anointing. And all he was able to do, just a few miracles. They saw it as a great service. But it, to him, he said he could just do a few miracles. Then Capernaum, he set up his space of operations there because he was really received and respected. We're going into a, where's uh, my Levite? Would you come? Brother Levite on the piano. We're going into a great outpouring of the Spirit. And I believe that God will touch you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. And if 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 you've been filled up with the things of the world, intoxicated by the world, then you, you you won't really be hungry for what Jesus has. If you've been filled up with the things of the flesh, you're stuck in tradition, 
one of the reasons I love trials. I mean, I don't, Lord, I don't, I don't want, I don't want a trial. <laughs> but trials are really good for you. If your if your heart is tuned to the Lord, because when that pressure comes, if you'll just direct all of your hunger and your desire and your longing for God, guess who comes? He comes and he takes the ordinary and he turns it into su- extraordinary super. He he takes the water and he turns it into wine and he brings a breakthrough. And then when people who know you know the capacity you have, or and they look at you and they say. How'd you do that? And you can say, Jesus. I challenge you tonight to put a demand on the Word of God. Step aside from some of the things that might be polluting you. There are people that are going to start to believe when the people who believe put a demand on the Word of God. And if we don't put a demand on the Word of God, I mean, who is? These signs will follow them that believe. Are there any believers here tonight? I remember, and I'll close with this story, maybe. I remember I was a tour guide and I was uh, leading people on these bicycles down a volcano in Hawaii. And it's the... uh, it's the steepest paved road. It goes from sea level to 10,023 feet and under 40 road miles. It's a significant road, and you can bike all the way down without touching your brakes, except uh, without touching your pedals, except for a couple sections, all the way down to the sea from 10,023 feet. And so I would give these people tours. And it had some sections that are extremely dangerous, especially when people hadn't ridden a bike in 20 years. I remember the Lord spoke to me after I had a couple of very serious accidents on my tour. I mean, people flying off into lava cliffs, you know, off, you know, bad. There was no guardrails in national parks, and there was a national park. I mean, even though there's no guardrails on national park. All national parks have no guardrails. Unless they change that, but it used to be the way it is. And so this lady flew off. I had a horrible accident and it it grieved me so badly that I remember praying and fasting. I said, God, I never want to have that again. Lord, I'm blessed. I tithe. I give. Your hand is on me. I never want to have something like that happen again. And the Lord spoke to me in the most unusual way. He said, look at your hands and I want you to do the same thing. Go ahead. Look at them. I looked at my hands and I don't know, somewhere in the seventies, I heard that there were some people that had to have their hands registered. You know, black belts. You know what I'm talking about? It might be true today. I don't know. Even their hands are registered weapons because they're martial artists or whatever. And I, I, I looked at my hands and it was like the Lord said, your hands are registered, son. I thought, ooh. And I said, well, what do I, you know, what do I do? And, and what I would do, he gave me this plan. And the plan was, I would come to the place where I'm about to launch off with my tour and everybody rode single file in their little bikes, one right after another, and I was the first bike. And so I, 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 I basically took a knee and I would take a knee with my bike. It'd be time to take the tour. And the Lord told me to stay there until I feel his power. 
And so I would stay there and I'd pray in tongues. I'm kidding you not. The first time I I must've had to stay there for two minutes. And the people on the tour were like, are you okay? Are you all right? I'm like, come on, God, come on. Jesus, hook me up, come on. I, I was not able to get up until that was the deal. You feel my power, you can get up. And so the first time was a long time and people were, came up to me, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. They said, are you praying? I'm like, yeah, I'm praying. And they're like, oh God, you know, cause they're... <laughs> and the idea was I would get up then, I would turn around, I would look at all of my, in fact, y'all give, give me, give me 12 people right here. Quickly, quick, 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 quickly, 12. One, two, three, four, five. All right, line up, all single file like this. All right. We got 12? These are all our bikers. Come on. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Come on, come, come closer. So I, I, would, I would take a knee. I would wait till the power of God came with, uh, upon me. I had registered hands. I turned and I said, okay, all of you, put up your right hand. Go ahead, put up your right hand. I would pray in tongues under my breath. And go, are you guys ready? And they all go, yes. I go, all right. And guess what I did? When I did that, I believed that every single one of them was anointed. Do you know what God did for me? Put your hands together for these guys. You know what God did for me? Here's what he did. I had the safest record in the history of the mountain when I worked there from that point on. I hardly ever, I mean, I I never even had people fall over in the parking lot after that. And my tips, I made more money in tips than anybody in the history of of the job. Because I believe that God spoke to me and he gave me a word and I responded and there was safety, there was, there was provision, there was blessing. Come on, look at your hands. They're registered in heaven if you're saved, if you know Jesus. Don't be seduced by the world. Don't be brought into the, the intoxication of the world. Put a demand on the anointing in the last days. He'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. That's you. That's me. Sons and daughters are prophesied. You dream dreams and visions. You lay hands on the sick and you shall see them recover. The body of Christ. In covenant with the Lord, yes. But we need a mighty release of the power of the new wine, the Holy Spirit. Come on, stand up, won't you? People need to experience his presence. Yes, they need to be discipled. Yes, they need the word. Yes, they need to understand the foundations of their faith and and right doctrine and eschatology and all of those wonderful things. Yes, yes, they do. And they need the fire of the Holy Ghost. You can't leave. Don't leave that out. Don't leave out the new wine. Come on, lift your hands and just ask God to touch you. Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, touch. Release your new wine, Lord. Pour over us. As Pastor Karen said, God, this river of your presence and your power would go wider and deeper and broader. Even as was prophesied in September at our conference, you are releasing the mighty Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, not an it, not a dove, a person. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, 
to mark us. Mark us tonight. And forgive us for where we've leaned on our intellect when we should have just had the wine of your presence. God, we thank you. If you're here tonight, you've never given your heart to Jesus and you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or perhaps you gave your heart to the Lord before but you've drifted away in your walk with Him and you want to recommit to Him tonight. If that's you, want to get right with Jesus for the first time or recommit to Him all across this place. If that's you, you're serious. You want your sin for, wiped out, forgiven. You want heaven to be your home. If that's you, lift your hand up high. Where are you? Lift your hand if you want to get right with God. Over on this side, anybody? Want to get right with God? Over on this side now, on the right side of the church. All right. Perhaps online, let's just pray. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now let me say that there is what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where God will fill you with his power and give you prayer language and the gifts of the Spirit. It's for you. It's for me. It's for all of us. And if you've not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you begin, even right now, I'm going to pray, and then we'll close. You begin to ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You, oh, you need it. It's the new want. You need the power. You need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You need them. Amen. You don't have to white knuckle it and hope you can make it. You can rise in boldness and confidence with the gifts of the Spirit to move forward into destiny and purpose and to see a whole, a whole town, a whole state, even a whole nation, even the nations put, his, put their trust in Him because people have put a demand on the Word flowed in the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Lift your hands one more time. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill and touch each and every one of these, Lord, right now. Break every bondage, unbelief, every curse. Lord, I pray over the coming weeks you would help people remove theological blockages and doubt and sin and the things that hinder, that hinder us, Lord, from being filled. If you, being evil, know how to give your child who asked for a fish know how to give good gifts how much more your heavenly father will give the holy spirit to them that ask come on just ask him for a moment come on ask him come on there's a deeper place maybe you've been filled well guess what you leak we leak you need to be filled again come on ask god to fill you hallelujah lord fill it fill it we thank and praise you for it in Jesus name I'll be preaching a full message on on tongues baptism of the Holy Spirit gifts of the Spirit be looking at Romans as well as uh, in the gifts as well as uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and it's just going to be awesome we're going to Holy Ghost come on say somebody say a Holy Ghost service I think we might have had a little bit of that tonight Take someone by the hand as we close. Pastor Karen, would you come and close us tonight?
Lord, we thank you for all that you've done tonight. You're so good. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, and give them peace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. See you this weekend. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.